0: hello we are the people movers and we are back again we're here to talk about many things that involve the same thing and by that i mean power and heritage and would you buy it if it changed just that much where you don't like it the new m3 might look bad but the new c63 might disappoint you in other ways which i can't believe i'm saying that would you build your own sports car with your own ev kit but the most important question of the day jason how are you
1: I'm wonderful today, Brian. It's a pleasure to be here with you.
0: Yes, I'm excited. I was just getting ready to say, for the first time ever, the People Movers took a trip. And I can't say that because we didn't get to take our official trip, but I took a trip to Denver with my brother's help. And we got to drive a C63 AMG, a W205, a 2020 Coupé, not an S, so 469 horsepower. Fantastic options. The lighting, the things we wouldn't get. That's what I liked about it. The technology and lighting, things we would not check. But as a former W204 owner, my brother and I were wondering the whole time, would it be better? Jason, you wonder, I wonder. What do you think you would have? Any questions about the new W205?
1: You know, I like the first, you know, iteration of the of the W205, but the refresh one has such oh, yeah. a cool interior. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's... You know, I got to be honest, those things when we were younger that I didn't understand that what you got with that premium level of car was a lot of those. Like you said, you know, the courtesy light stuff, and, you know, some of those little things that are just geeky and neat that don't necessarily make the car any better to drive, just more pleasant to be in. So I love the current W205. I mean, it is. Without
0: question. I, that's one of the things I found myself gushing about. But I wasn't, you know, we weren't like totally unaware of this. When I had my W204, I said to you from day one, I hated the Mercedes phone dial in the front. You know, it was like a classic payphone right there. So you could dial away. It was very dated. looked terrible. The nav was terrible. Even in the refresh, it was still not quite Mercedes. You know, they were still treating it as a C-class, you know? I I think that's why I liked about the W205 C63. It's clearly an AMG. There's no, like...
1: I definitely feel like the party piece of the W204 was that monster that lived under the bonnet. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, that thing was just, just... Subtle as a clap
0: of thunder. Yeah. A true hero. But Jason, that's what's funny is we've talked on this show many times about like getting older and liking things we never thought we would. That was the first thing I looked at in the car. That's crazy. Like we got in the car and the gentleman who loaned it to us was very nice. He was like, this is the button to turn off the auto stop boy, I appreciated that. I was like, wow, thank you. This is the button to make the exhaust louder. And I went, oh man, you are just a kind hearted gentleman. And really
1: the first two buttons you're going to look for. Yeah. yeah.
0: What a nice <laughs> guy. Just give me the guide. I appreciate that. And then I got in it though. And the first thing I personally looked at, and I can be honest with anybody listening and you was the range. I looked at the range. I had to look oh, at the yeah. range. So When we landed, I looked at the tank size. The tank size is the same as the W-204, 17.4 gallons. My old W-204, when I started with a full tank, said 174 miles a gallon. I I can testify after about 7,000 miles of ownership that it was about a 7-mile-per-gallon vehicle.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. And and I mean, this is in 2018, you're driving around in this car. I mean.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was something different. The
1: only other things that get that kind of fuel economy have carburetors on top of it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's like when we
0: were driving it, like I was telling you, I report back, I'm like, this is the equivalent of owning like a sixties Mustang or a Camaro so, or like it. So, so
1: what kind of mileage did you get in the W two Oh five? Because obviously that's the four liter instead of the six two. I mean, so you have literally at least a third, I mean, you basically have a Honda Accords motor less. Yes,
0: you do. And you have hair dryers. <laughs> you have all these intelligent uh, little, you know, electronic bits? That was the most important thing, Jason. We had some hiccups. Now we won't go into that, but we had a, um, I don't know how you say, a mystery driver of my car, valet. And then also, I had to take it uh, for a service. It had its first service light. It's a very new car, so you can't do anything about that, you know. So I drove it kind of, kind of, kind of calm by all stretches. But even at the end of the day, with some pools and some generosity exploring it, how much would you guess, Jason? They say for Mercedes, it's going to be in the teens and the 20s. Would you really believe it would break the 20s? 469 horsepower.
1: I would think that with conservative driving you could probably touch like eighteen. Wow. I like you know, that eighteen, nineteen. I mean if you if you really behave yourself though. I think anytime you make boost, you'll watch that number go down like a submarine with a door open. <laughs> that, you know, like...
0: that was exactly what I thought, but I'm not gonna lie. There's a little there's all kinds of clever gadgets, which we didn't know how we felt about, you know, as far as the digital dash. Love the digital dash.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you, I didn't want to interrupt you on that, but the digital dash truly spoke to me in that car.
0: Yes. Well, I mean, (laughs) that was something I was like ready to hate. But while I was using that, when you're making normal freeway little passes and doing those things, you'll see it display that it's only using a rough 80 horsepower or sometimes 44 horsepower to cruise. So our entire trip, we averaged, wait for it. Twenty-two point one miles to the gallon. Wow. Twenty-two point one. Twenty-two point one. I mean,
1: I don't. I mean, I know obviously it's a horrible comparison, but that's very usable in the very real world. That's usable. like very Corvette usable. Oh, don't go no, there. Yet. I no, I'm not saying that, it's like no, a but I mean, you. Corvettes were one of those cars, Brian, yes. that went from shut
0: down eight, much, run four, use it economically. Yeah.
1: Well, like the double overdrive, a fifth and sixth gear both being overdrives and stuff. You know, I mean, yeah, where you could conceivably get like mid twenties. See, in a Corvette, well, that's you
0: know? also a massive difference between the previous that's one with crazy. the seven speed and now this one with the nine speed or whatever it has in it. I don't think I hint. I, I, there's no way it would, has a 10th gear because I hit 9th. Um, but either way, I'll say that. The, econ, the economics of that, where you're just rolling at a normal speed, and it's an 8th or ninth, and you're doing 1,800 RPMs, the transmission has a lot to do with it. I'll say yeah. that. I mean, the, the motor size of the turbo is 100%, but the transmission was buttery smooth. And then when you were cruising at freeway speeds, it was using nothing. Like I said, sometimes when you're cruising doing 90, it was using 44 horsepower, i.e., what my old Subaru wagon had brand new in 1990.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, I have a couple of questions on it. Number one was the digital dash. You know, now I always think, now I think this is my age because when I think digital dash, I picture like Aston Martin Laganda in the 80s, Mm, you know, or mm, like Nissan Z in the mid 80s that was just like LCD (laughs) bars on a black background. You know, which which the last
0: one to work was the S2000 with that.
1: Yeah, but that was even that was so primitive by today's standards oh, compared dude. to you know, I like mean, I said, so.
0: last one to work where you I would still get in it to this day and love it.
1: Yeah, no, I agree <laughs> with you on that. That's one that has aged surprisingly well. I'm not talking uh, about like
0: grandma's five oh that had the little, you know, like diagnostic system where a light lit up, which we loved at the time. <laughs> You know, we love. It this.
1: seems so high tech that it'd be like, you see that yellow light? That means the hatch isn't closed. Amazing. Which in
0: reality, it probably only had a yellow light. I was thinking that earlier day, like a a signal went off on a Mercedes. And I was like, remember the days we when you can only have a lens that was colored. Default, and then like you, warning well yeah. you had a lens that was like colored and you had to have right. a clear light you know I mean now you have an right. LED so you got whatever right. color you want it's still gonna flash like a bright yellow you know or whatever but the lens is clear I was just laughing about that but Grandma's Mustang would be similar
1: I, I was surprisingly um smitten by the dash in that car but also yes. the dials for the comfort settings yes. and the traction control we, I'm not gonna lie I don't think I've ever geeked so hard on something that I don't necessarily need. I mean, every car I have, you just p- push or hold or whatever a yeah. button to make the traction control. Oh, disappear. boy. I know where you're going. But, boy, when I looked at that, I went, I'm not going to lie. I never knew I needed that. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the,
0: the smartest gimmick Mercedes ever did. Now, we have a gimmick they can get rid of as well after this. But the smartest gimmick they ever did, my brother's referring to, you, they took the little dial dial. Off the AMG GT and put it in the C63 like lunatics, like proper lunatics. So on one side of the steering wheel, and now you could 100% make the argument that the steering wheel is way too busy for me. Whatever.
1: Modern cars, though. Yeah, it's modern car.
0: Although I did get, (laughs) I did truly get blinded at one point doing 90 miles per hour because the reflection from the beautiful metal on the steering wheel literally blinded me in the eyes on the freeway. So that was, that, that's a real <laughs> world problem. You
1: reenacted a scene from Hook in your eyes. Yeah, Yo, without question. I mean, i <laughs> yeah. fully
0: blind. I was like, ah, I mean like full thing. But what my brother's referring to, like if you want to readjust your traction control on the W2-4, it's very boring and very, uh, how do I say, Texas instruments, Texas instruments, uh, computers yeah. or calculators, yeah, the or calculators it was like a T-86, yeah. whatever it was in our days. You're too old to get that reference. But either way, this has this beautiful LED tile where once you turn it, it just changes colors like a lightsaber, telling it's like, you it's the. Like a,
1: it's like a volume knob. Oh, traction it's control.
0: Only of terror because then on the display screen it tells you everything it's adjusting. This is the throttle. This is the. I mean, it just ramps you up, and then on the other side you have this beautiful, elegant little LED dial as well. It's not a dial. Excuse me. You got two buttons. One is to move forward. The other, our favorite option, is to move. Up, which we'll be talking about in a second it'll allow you to adjust the suspension on the fly so you can have brutal loud exhaust auto turn off engine all the great bits you want but then you can change the you know suspension to comfort which makes a dramatic difference i mean dramatic my wife at 90 miles per hour hitting roadworks in the worst suspension setting said this suspension is amazing and i went what and she goes it's tight and i went wow, in a bad way? She goes, no. like I said, okay, let's try it in comfort. And then she immediately knows the difference. I mean, I love modes that do something, don't you?
1: Absolutely. You should always feel like something's happening when you push the button, right? Um, The other big thing I had to know since you had the 204 before that is, did you lose anything by losing displacement? Because that old car had so much character that I don't think it's really possible to necessarily replace that. So I kind of I gotta know. I mean,
0: I feel like it's one of those like risk reward things where it's like it, it's kind of outweighed. Like, after having it for a couple of days, I was mesmerized by like the efficiency and the nice kindness of it, the overall drawl of it. The other one had one trick and one trick only. It was like, do you see that gully down there? I'm going to put you in it hard right now. That's all it did. Yeah. I, and that's what I liked about the old one, though, was it was like a vicious animal. It was, you know, as Clarkson the other said. The seemed Go like
1: on. a dog that might bite you at any point. Any point. Like, you didn't respect you know, it. Like you're but, cool to it. Yep. You treat it well. But still, this dog might have your arm if you just that's
0: seeing now given like you know full disclosure i did not ring out the w205 i'm sure it'll hurt you in many ways if you don't have the skill but immediately from trying it the electronics involved the a lot of differences that technology wise and the delivery of the motor i felt so much safer which is not something that i could utter in the first year of ownership of owning the w204 Mm -hmm. i felt fearful excited timid and also, like I said, on the edge of being murdered at any time. I turned any off moment. everything, which I did every time I got in the car and put it in sport mode. But that was the fun of it. I don't know if I missed that though, at the end of the day, though, Jason. Similar price, better efficiency, brutal speed, and all kinds of
1: other modern tricks. Yeah, well, it's going to be pretty interesting to see what it becomes of that car. Because, I mean, Ugh. that's been out for a few years now. And, I mean... Yeah. Well, I mean, I the, I know the replacement's not, you know, not far off. So yeah, well. the, this next generation of AMG should be kind of um, different, I guess, from what we're used to.
0: That should have been a hint. It is going to yeah. be different. It's not going to be an excited applause. It's going to be a sad trombone. Jason, we've talked about this before. Would you own something? heritage wise there's certain cars that need a certain motor it started with our conversation on the gt the other day we were saying it would be even better if it had a v8 it's fantastic as it is the ford gt but this goes to this the c63 became popular because of the lunatic design of it would you have one with a four-cylinder hybrid all-wheel drive unequivocally no Fantastic agreement right there, because I got to say, no, it doesn't really, I would have a total different car at that point. It doesn't feel like a C63.
1: Yeah, I do feel like um, much the same way a 911 has to have that silky smooth six-cylinder soundtrack. Right. Uh, a a, A hot Mercedes AMG has to have the beating heart of a V8.
0: We agree I with mean, that. I mean, but even, I
1: mean a V twelve is the only exception to that from AMG, but otherwise, I, I mean
0: I think the more I thought about it, it's more how you set the precedent. Like we were talking with the M three. The M three went from a four cylinder to a six, but it only got better. And then it had two historical generations with the six racing wise, ownership wise. Then they went to an eight. It wasn't a bad car. It just wasn't what it was. So when they walked down, it already had pedigree and heritage. The Mercedes didn't make a name for itself until the W204 C63. They had the C32, the C55, which were pretty much meh in comparison to the M3. You know, so it's kind of like that's where they drew the line in the sand, in my opinion.
1: But I'm I'm thinking even further, like in AMG's lineage. If you go back to cars like the Hammer and stuff like that, I mean, those were just whacking great yeah. V8s in a in a sensible German sedan. You know, one of my favorite. Early '90s, you know, super saloons is the E500. Oh, without you question, you know, the ones that were built by Porsche with an AMG source powertrain. Saw one I the mean, other
0: day, Jason. Fifty or uh, ninety-six thousand miles on it, forty-nine thousand dollars. Yeah, it, the prices are so. And it was a one-owner so car.
1: On oh wow, that's pretty impressive. Would you have price. it? That's a lot of mileage. I know. But, that's know, that's know, my what, thing the too. Thing is though that's a Mercedes? From, though those were the like, Porsche like, hand built Mercedes too that were. Porsche you built know, I motor.
0: Mean, I mean, uh, no.
1: Porsche built the Porsche assembled the cars. Mercedes, oh, I thought they
0: built the motor. Yeah, oh, my fault. AMG
1: provided the hand built powertrains. Very low so numbers, numbers in the U.S. Was entirely too. Built. That's yeah. an
0: interesting fifty thousand quid one right there. We're talking about. Oh.
1: Not to mention, you want to talk about a car only the coolest car people would be like, wow, oh, yeah. nice choice. Exactly. You know what I mean?
0: That is beyond subtle. We'll like, do you some, have
1: to be in the club to be into that. I know? think.
0: <laughs> I think my big thing is this, like AMGs and stuff like that. I think there's a lot of popular people that think, oh. just the looks of them they'll buy them anyways but my bigger question is once that branches out to the purest purest the mid-engine corvette succeeded because it was such a technological advancement but it still fires off an ls but that's the cars we're really interested in like the mustang or a corvette If a Corvette like, said, oh, it's mid-engine, but now it's a hybrid-assisted four-cylinder, and that's the C8, do you think there'd be buzz? Same with the GT500. If it was like, it makes 900 horsepower, but it's a two-liter four-cylinder, and we have EcoBoost or whatever.
1: I I wonder if in this generation of car people, though, like purists are kind of dying off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, look, I don't think we're going to see... 50 years of cars made the same way for a little while here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you think about a nameplate like the Corvette, like you just referenced, you know, I mean, it's a nameplate that goes to 1953. Crazy. I mean, that predates me by, you know, a good 30 years. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so... Well,
0: not to say I'm like the oldest person in the room, but I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Things design cycles nowadays, but most importantly, people's attention spans as far exactly. as... Exactly. You yeah, know, that that's not going to... Like the C3 Corvette was made forever you know yeah like,
1: absolutely i made it from 1968 until 1983
0: dare i say that the 350 370z platform is gonna be the last like or the nissan frontier is gonna be the last like thing that lasts like yeah. 15 years before it's redesigned but that's what we're talking about though is even you and i yeah. i mean this is crazy the last couple days my brother and i have been really looking in this company called ev west and they do electric conversions you know for some of your favorite cars old carmen guias yeah, and internal and, combustion
1: cars with yeah. power train swaps yeah
0: yeah and i mean the one that really drew our attention that my brother brought to my attention was anything that has an ls basically you could throw one of these in for a reasonable sum and they're saying that'll be around 550 horsepower 880 pound feet of torque for around 12 grand but then they also have them for 356s, old 911s, 914s, and all kinds of fun stuff. So that kind of got the ball rolling for my brother and I. How did we get to this point in the era <laughs> where we grew up where we would love to have something old, but maybe something brutally fast for about $50,000 all in, but it's electric and built by us rather than going to buy an M2 or, <laughs> or M3 or whatever. Like Jason, where did well, we get there? Like, How did we get there? Like.
1: Man, I, I, well the whole built by us isn't exactly a selling point. No,
0: well, and let's be honest. Full disclosure, it would not be built by us. It'd be built no, by capable no people because I would not right. want to do a thing <laughs> on it because it'd go boom. Anyways,
1: no, but it is. It's fascinating to me because it's it kind of got us going down the discussion of you know could you do it in a nine eleven because that's supposed to sound a certain way and all that. And me and Brian, I guess we've come to the point where. I think it's more about the design aesthetically. Yes. You know, I mean, I think if it looks a certain way and it goes a certain way, I think at some point we'll probably look past the soundtrack. I know that's going to be one of the deeply visceral things that will be so hard about moving to EVs. But, you know, I mean, when these cars are doing things that we couldn't imagine in a petrol car, I don't think we're going to sit there going, man, man. I miss having to stop every 300 miles to put gas in my ancient Corvette that doesn't stop or turn. When you've
0: got like a thousand mile range, we're in our final one minute right now. And I got to say, we've started to talk about this because the thing we relate to, and we're going to beat this drum until this show goes off real world, real world. The people that are, you're going to see that love it are just going to love it. Seeing it parked. They're not going to be like, Ooh, that's not a 3.2 in there. That's not a, you know, they're not going to care. They're not gonna care. I hate to say it. It's like, uh, it's like the guy from uh, Jurassic Park. I got dachshund. I got dachshund over here. See, no one cares. No one's gonna <laughs> no care. One They're just gonna <laughs> love your Irish green nine eleven. That's very fast when they try to rev on you. But do you see any other downside to that, Jason? Something fast you can use for let's just say two hundred miles, but brutally fast.
1: I I think the only downside I could see is I think you probably have like like we were saying some of the car community would be polarized by that right. however at the same time you know if different strokes for different folks you know we, i mean everybody do what you want to do with your car so we,
0: we couldn't agree more and we talked about this the other day that whole slippery slope started with ls swaps and from us yep. at the people movers we appreciate your time and we really look forward to hearing your opinions anything see that you want to comment on we are we are the people movers on instagram we will be doing a season finale on episode 20 so look out for that and until then do what we always recommend be good to one another and pay attention to the
1: things that move you